The information discussed on this show is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content is for general informational purposes only. It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins, Guys Guys Radio. We're here to inform you, empower you, inspire you, and get you to think and feel and who knows, maybe even act by virtue of the journeys, stories, experiences, and insights of the guests I bring you each and every week to the show. That's right, Guys Guys Radio. And once again, this week is no exception. I've got two terrific guests. I've got a guys guy. His name is Coach Gary Waters. He's an NCAA basketball coach, leader of men, and he took Cleveland State all the way into the NCAA tournament and got a win there, a big upset. And he's a very well-known, respected coach And he's written a book called 10 Principles of a Character Coach. And it's got 10 rules about integrity, about what it takes to lead, what it takes to be honest, what it takes to keep your word. And it's a really a great book. It's a real guy's guy's book. So I've got Coach Gary Waters. And we also have a very interesting guest. Her name is Lydia Dustin. I discovered her on Instagram. She is a psychic, but she's also a face reader. So she can look at photos or look at people and give you a determination as to kind of who they are. And it's really interesting because I've never really noticed this, and we'll talk about this later in the show, but when you look at somebody, there is a little bit of a different look if you look at each eyeball, or each eye, if you will, including the lid and everything. So very rare do you have two eyes that are exactly the same. And as Lydia will explain to us, uh, two eyes tell us something different about an individual. And it's very interesting stuff because we get to know kind of where to look to find out who somebody really is. So Lydia Dustin and Coach Gary Waters are our guests today. How's everybody doing? Hot, sultry summer weather here in Southern California and all around the country. I hope you're making the best of it because, as you know, summer goes quick. Before you know it, it's back to school and all of that stuff. I just finished up on moving, and moving is really a lot more stressful than I recall. When you move, you get rid of a lot of stuff, and then you end up getting new stuff wherever you go because invariably some things just don't fit or something's missing or if you have you have a different layout where you need oh i need a rug here or i need something in the kitchen that i didn't have in the other kitchen and there's a necessity for it and it's very interesting because you think you're getting rid of junk when you move but you end up (laughs) within a month of when you make your move you end up with more stuff so that's just how it rolls when you move but i've got to tell you It's nice to be out of the city. I lived so many years in New York City. I grew up in the suburbs, but I moved into Manhattan many years ago, and I lived there about three decades. I also fortunately had a little respite down the Jersey Shore, and my family was down there also. So I got out of the city a lot, and I traveled a lot for for my career in advertising. But when I moved out west, I ended up in downtown San Diego, and it was going to be just a quick pit stop. And then COVID hit. And everything kind of got turned upside down, as we know. And even though it's not gone yet, things have been a little bit more, I don't want to say predictable, but there's a little bit more of a sense of normalcy in terms of that. We have kind of a feel for how this crazy time is is playing out. 
on a day-by-day basis, of course. But anyhow, I was still in the city. Now, San Diego is a very different city than New York, but you know what? It's a city. There's noise. There's a lot of traffic. There's a lot of horns honking and all of that. But it's interesting here out in California, and I can go into it, and maybe I will next show. People drive crazy out here, and but they don't blow their horns. And the only time I've heard horns is when in California was is in the city, and only a few times. Where in New York, you hear horns and in New Jersey also, all the time. So anyhow, a lot of differences between the two coasts, but when you're in a city, you're in a city, regardless of how big or small the city is. So anyhow, Guys Guys Radio, we've got two great guests. We've got Coach Gary Waters and Lydia Dustin. So let's get to it right now. It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay, we're going to have a conversation about character, something that's so needed in today's world. And I've got one of the great coaches, Gary Waters. We're going to talk about his book. It's called 10 Principles of a Character Coach. Let me tell you a little bit about the book and about Coach Waters. It's 10 Principles of the Character Coach. Coach Waters defines character coach as someone with integrity, honesty, moral values, He provides a clear experience-based advice on how to be a character coach. So it's helped for coaches and it's also helped for players and just people in general. He addresses the issues that many young men and women are experiencing in athletics today. And it's very complicated out there. He believes character and values need to be a high priority for everybody, including coaches who are tasked with guiding young people and also themselves. Uh, The book, 10 Principles of a Character Coach, is for anyone looking to hone their leadership abilities improve their communication skills in any aspect of our lives. It's all about integrity, character, empathy, and leadership. Coach Waters earned his reputation as the winningest coach in the history of Cleveland State University. His teams won 194 games. He led the Vikings to six postseason experiences, including making the NCAA tournament, advancing to the second round after they shocked Wake Forest. He rebuilt three programs, Kent State, Rutgers, into winners. He led Kent State into the first NCAA tournament appearance in 1999 and a second one in 2001. He was named Horizon League Coach of the Year, Horizon League Champions, Ferris State, Kent State Hall of Fame, winner of the John Lotz Barnabas Award for Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I can go on and on. I'm so happy he's here to talk about character and leadership. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio Coach Gary Waters. Thanks. It's, I mean, I'm listening to you and I'm wondering who that guy is. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start at the beginning. Um, you're a tremendous guy and you've done great work for humanity and shaping uh, young men and women along the way. But what is it that initially drew you into coaching and how has coaching basketball changed since you began? Well, you know, uh, at first, uh, I wasn't even thinking about coaching. My whole thought, because I yeah, I graduated in college in, in business administration, and uh, and I, I wanted to go out in the business world and change the world. Okay, mm-hmm. I went to an internship with General Motors, and and the group of men they brought in there, they were trying to make them executives. So that you know, it really trained me a lot. And when I finished, they offered me a job. Now imagine this: in in nineteen seventy five, they offered me a job that paid about. Now, back in those days, that was a lot of money. That was real money, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I turned it down and I said, nah, you know, I really, this is not what I really want to do. My whole objective is to change lives. And and, and I wanted to do that. 
And so I, I sat down and thought about what was the best way. I sat down with the Lord and I told him, hey, what I want to do is change lives. And, he, and, and I think I can do it in basketball. How did you get your first gig coaching? Well, I went back to um, the team I played at. I mean, the school I played at. Ferris State, and I went back there because that coach was very was was a dominant coach, one of the best coaches in 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 college basketball. Literally, he was the first coach to ever. I mean, at first, one of the only coaches during that time period to go from high school into to becoming a head coach in college. You know, it just doesn't happen. And he and he was such a great example for me. He was a true character. His name was Jim Wink. He was a true character coach. I played for him, and he. He literally showed me the way. I mean, showed me uh, the values of my life. And uh, then I went back to him and said, hey, you know, I want to get in coaching. He said, come on, join the staff. Who were your personal and coaching influences? Well, I had in in my life, I had two uh, very good ones. I had, uh, like I said, I told you about Jim Wink. He was one of the one of the leaders in my life. And then the other I had, I'm going to tell you, was a guy by the name of uh, Joseph White. Okay, and he got me on the path of doing the right things and 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 coaching. So, but now if you're talking about the collegiate level, I've had a lot. You know, uh, John Thompson, uh, 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 John Cheney was good in my mind. Uh, but I tell you, who really was I considered the ultimate character coach that really taught me a whole lot was Dean Smith. So you know, I've had some good people in my life. What did, what did Coach Smith teach you? Well, when, when I was in coaching, you know, and I was, uh, and I was sponsored by Nike, and, as he was. And we would go on this Nike trip, and, and you bring your wives, you play a lot of golf, and just in, in community and get to know each other. So on this trip, I introduced myself to him, and he and I just talked. And we just hit it off. I mean, when I tell you two people just hit it off, we just talked. And he taught me things that you know, about how to, to maintain your character in the sport and don't uh, integrity, don't get caught up in all these things that are going on and so on. And, and something that I don't think a lot of people know uh, about, and I, and, I, and I don't think he would be upset if I said this, God bless his soul. We were talking and it, it was a book that came out uh, by uh, 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 John McClendon. You ever heard that name before? And he, he it, I wouldn't be coaching today if it wasn't for John McClendon. And he was in North Carolina, and uh, and he was at a small school called North Carolina A and T. They had won the Black College National Title. Jo- uh, Dean Smith seen him play, seen his team play in the championship game, and they ran what was called a four corners. Okay, mm-hmm. he had never seen that before. He went on. As he was looking at that, he said, "I, you know, after the game and they won the championship, he wouldn't talk to him. So he can you and I talk? And then they talked. And he said, man, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Now, if you remember, a short time later, he won the national title with Ford Corners. The reporters interviewed him. They said, man, that was outstanding. And he said, yeah, but you can't give me the credit. It's a little guy down the road named uh, John McClendon. And he said... <laughs> And so all that. Now, I'm telling you this for a purpose, because when we were on that trip, I had read this in the book. So I asked him, I said, Dean, why would you do that? Why would you give him the credit? He said, I had to. And I said, tell me why. He says, because, you know, I'm committed to helping people and, and giving them their rights. What you may not know, Gary, my dad was a freedom fighter for Martin Luther King. 
And when I heard that, I said, man, this is a, see, it's a lot. And see, Dean Smith was one of the first to bring African-Americans into the ACC. So, you know, he, he was just an unbelievable character person. You know, the book is terrific. Well, let me ask you, why do you think that character is, uh, or is it, such an issue in today's game? It's like, it, to me, it's very tough where you have these great athletes come into programs and now they can leave after their freshman year. And there's a lot of people pulling on them and there's a lot of pressure. And, you know, the NCAA, it's big business now. It seems to me the character is more important than ever. But what was your take on that while you were preparing your thoughts to put this book together in terms of the importance well, of character? The, I tell you, at the time, things were going on in the NCAA. You remember maybe it had to be about five years ago when they had all the scandals that were going sure. on. And I woke up one morning, I said, man, something's got to be done about this. So that's when I decided to write this book. And I think what was happening is people were more concerned about winning and their successes than the, the people that were in front of them to make them the very best they can be as human beings. And I, and I we had lost sight on that for a long time. It was win at all costs. Make as money, much money as you can make. Don't care about if, if, if you get a degree or education. And I just felt so bad about that. I said, I have to do something. You know, your first, your number one in your 10 principles is God first, trust, let God be your guide. It trans- I would assume you mean that transcends any one religion. I know you're a Christian, as I am, but I, I got to think it's bigger than just an individual oh. religion. Let me ask you about what was your inspiration for making that number one? And also, how do you relate to players or how can coaches relate to players who may not be religious or spiritual, if you will? Oh, that's very good. Very good question. And uh, and you know what? The one thing you needed to know, I understand the concept. See, a lot of coaches may not understand the concept because of church and state, all the things that are in there. So it's hard to keep their job. So for me, I understood that. So I never forced anything upon my player, but I gave them options. And those options was you can go to church with me. We can talk. If you have any questions, let's talk about it. And from that, you know, I had almost all of them come to me and say, hey, you know, help me here, coach. I need to understand this. And then the probably the biggest thing you can do is your example. you got to lead by your example. I think in our society today, we're having a hard time with leading by example. I'll give you this. Uh, when I would go into homes, the first thing I would tell the, not first, but one of the things I would tell the parent is that I could not be your son's role model. And they would look at me like, what the heck? What do you think you're here for? <laughs> we got these issues with our son, especially, and I want to say this to you, I, I finished my next book, which is called Coaching Millennials from a Character Perspective. Mm, so great. this comes out even in that. And when I was, uh, when I was uh, talking to the parent, I said, hey, I'm not trying to, to, to push your son around or push him on someone. What I'm trying to tell you is the role model should be you. It shouldn't be anyone else. It should be the parents. And that's what's happening in our society today. The parents aren't the role model. But I went on to say to them, I said, but what I can be is, a, is an example to your son. If each and every day he's with me, he see my example, and maybe he may want to live like it. How do you define integrity, Coach Waters? Oh, okay. That's a simple definition for me. Doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And don't be compromised in your values, as well as you can do the right thing, and, and regardless of anyone's around. 
See, let me, let me clarify that a little bit better for you. Doing the right things is the right thing to do, and regardless if anyone's watching. That defines what integrity is. And then don't get compromised in your values. Because I think what happens is we're pushed to the, to the edge so hard in our society today that we compromise. We give a little here, we give a little there, and before you know it, we the whole thing is broken. As a, as a coach, is there a lot of pressure on coaches? I would think the answer is yes, but I'd like you to articulate from you've got the people who donate a lot of money to the school, you've got the parents, yes. you've got these talents, you've got uh, the financial aspect of making it a winning program. How, how as a character coach and how as a somebody who's built their character, how do you handle all of that? Well, you have, and, and, and that's, a, that's a great, great question because it's difficult. They're coming at you at all sides. They want you to win. But then they want you to, to be an example to others. You know, I give you this. One of my, I, I just spoke at the NCAA Final Four, and I spoke to probably around 200 coaches, and they all showed up because they, you know, my name wasn't on, on the agenda because they called me at the last minute. So they showed up just because of the subject matter, because that was on there, character. And it was literally called character driven culture. And what's happening in our society today that a coach, a businessman, a leader, they, they are involved in three cultures. First culture, their family. So they got to teach them and show them the right way and make sure that is clear in their life. Okay. The second way, second group or culture, you want to call it, is your business, whatever you're in. If you're a coach, it's your coaching young men, you want them to do the right things. So you want to make sure you clarify that to them through character, okay? So you gotta show character with your family, you gotta show character, then there's a third and final one, which I think is a key fact. That third and final one are your friends, you know, people that you hang around with. So you may wanna fit in, so you change your character. So in order to maintain who you are, you can't change that. You can't in, 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 in your parents, I mean, with, with your children and family do one thing, then in your business do another thing, and then when you get around your friends, you change. Prime example, group. He got in that trouble. And it was the third thing that got him in trouble was his cronies or friends. They came up with all these, all this information that got out because he changed his behavior in front of them. And he wanted to fit in. Amazing. My special guest today is Coach Gary Waters. I'm looking at his book right now, The Ten Principles of a Character Coach. And character is so important today for coaches, for people, for parents. And great work you're doing here. So let's just go through some of the others. I'll just read them off and you can pick any one you want to talk about. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Love unconditionally. Work hard at what matters. Value and demonstrate loyalty, which is very rare today. Empower and serve your staff, which I, I love that one because so many bosses now, if you will, are over-controlling. They don't let uh, allow their teams to flourish. Uh, honor the profession and players. Uh, leave a character leg legacy. Is there one that stands out uh, over all the others in your mind, Coach Waters? Well, the one I like, you know, obviously the first one I want to make sure, sure. it gets across because, you know, if you're only God. thinking about yourself, you're going to be hard in life. That's why you got to put something ahead of yourself. Okay. But I'm telling you the fifth one about love unconditionally. <laughs> I know you're wondering, hey, why that one out of all of Why? Because, you know, I, I had a lot of. Players, or not say not a lot. I can say I had some players that didn't have the father figure in their home. 
So I wanted to show them how a father responds to things and how they show love to the people around them, meaning your wife, your children. So one day when they go out into the world and if they get children, if they have a family, they know the right things to do. And that was really important to me that I showed that example to them, that I love my, the people around us. And so what, what ends up happening is they know that you love them as well. So they, they work for you. They do as, do as much as they can to succeed for it. I think that's terrific because so much uh, now love is kind of transactional. If a, We live in a transactional society now. So right. I'll love you. And, until and, you... And, and you know what? Yeah, Robert, I hate to cut you off. No, it's okay. Unity is it's uh it, it's conditional. If you can do these things for me, I'll I'll show you about <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How do you love yourself, Coach? Well, each morning I get up and 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 the first thing I do is I talk to the Lord and I spend an hour or more communicating with Him. And retirement is a lot easier, and so from that it builds me up to go out in the world and face things that are happening. And, uh, and, and, and what I try to do each and every day is think of something positive so I can share it in the world. That's how I love myself. I just think it, you know, and I'm pretty fortunate. I got a wife that I've been with 49 years in January will be 50. And that's because of understanding what love means. Congratulations. Fantastic. So what do you think is the biggest challenge for in the, in the college game today? It keeps changing. Ooh, There's a lot going on there. It's a beautiful sport, and it's very different than the NBA. What's your overall take on what's going on in college basketball and some of the challenges that they face that are unique to college versus the NBA? And I'd like to touch on the NBA after that a little bit, just to get your perspective. Okay, very good. I'm going to tell you something. It's difficult times. You know, when I was in it, it wasn't as difficult. And as, as the time went on, Toward the end of my retirement, when I was ready to retire, it all came out. I don't, uh, there's a fifth year rule in college basketball that if you go, like, certainly your first year, you're red shirt, then you got four years, and then you, uh, you, three of them, you graduate within that three year, you can go any place you want in the country and play immediately. And see, and the bad thing on that was, if you were, you know, being at Cleveland State at the time, that was a mid major school. We wanted one of the top mid majors in the country. So we had great players. So the high, the high level players, meaning uh, power five players, coaches would look at that and say, hey, let's try to recruit that kid to come to our schools. He can, he can go anywhere he wants to go. And so in my last year, last two years, I lost five guys, you know, and we were picked to win the conference both years. But when you lose those kind of guys, it's so difficult. And so now I say that to say there's two rules today that I think is really causing a lot of havoc in college basketball. One is the portal, meaning you can go into the portal anytime you want. You can only do it once, though. You can go in the portal and transfer it to another school and play immediately if you meet the, the requirements or regulation. Oh, man, you didn't put all your uh, time, interest, work into this kid just because you don't give him the right pair of gym shoes. Okay, I'm going to another, <laughs> going to another program. And that's some crazy stuff. It, that reminds me of the old times, and and I think we've gone back, recycled back. And then you put the last one in the NIL. I mean, that's a nightmare because now you got one guy making a million on the team, and and the, and the other say if it's, it's football, another eighty not making a penny. Right. 
Okay. Let me ask you about the NBA because I think it's relevant here because what you kind of touched on is a lot of more player freedom at the college level now. They can kind of pick and choose. Right. And the right. NBA is uh, very different than a lot of sports in that now you have the superstar players like, let's get a big three together. It started, I guess, with LeBron. Let's let's put right. our team together. And it's, it's very fluid. And we don't know, who, you know, if you're going to sign a max contract, if you're going to opt out. I'm from New York. You know, we've got the Kyrie thing and Durant. And like, yeah, you never yeah, know what's yeah. happening there. What's what are your thoughts on on the NBA? Is this good for the game that these superstars can create their own teams? Or is this not as good? Because you go back and you look at Michael Jordan. He went to the Bulls. He had players on there. Some of them were great and some of them weren't. And they had a team, though. And and you look at the, the Warriors. They play like a team. And it's not like three superstar individuals. They've got a whole fluidity and all of that. So I'd love to, sorry for the long question, but love to get your perspective on today's NBA. Well, that, you know, in in relating it back to the collegiate level, I think what that is doing is perpetuating that feeling that it doesn't matter who you are, as long as you can get what you want out of the game. (laughs) And, and, but at the, at the professional level, you know, I, I think it's, you know, I, I was in Cleveland when LeBron was there. So and, and I was sure. in Cleveland, LeBron played in high school because I was at Kent State at the time. So I had a chance to visualize his whole life as he grew up. And and, you know, uh, if you go back in time, those teams still had great players, two or three great players. Think about it. You're just you know, you were from New York. You know, some of those teams there had three great players. So you, it, it can be done without trying to create it. You know, it, it, you know, and it was done through the draft back then. And, you know, now you, it's not as much done through the draft. You may get one, but what you try to do is you pull your money together and get another. Right. And so, you know, what I think is teaching uh, our, our younger players and especially uh, young adults that what's going on in our society is all about one thing is, is trying to get as much money as you can under right. the circumstances. So in return, they have no loyalty. Because of that one thing. And then the coach has no loyalty. And then it's a perpetuation of this constant problem about I got to get the most I can financially out of this situation. Fantastic. And, th- and I say loyalty, you know, we, we can go to the, the higher education at the, at the top level there. There's no loyalty. So who suffers? The kid is the one that suffers when we don't, we don't do it the right way. Well, I've got to tell you, you have lived a life of integrity in your coaching career and as a man, and this book is terrific. Ten Principles of a Character Coach, Coach Gary Waters. It's been my honor to speak with you today. So thank you so much. Tell everybody where they can find out more about you and get your book, website, whatever. <laughs> very good, very good. Well, my website is uh, is www.coachwaters.com. Okay. And, they, and they can look on there and they can see, you know, what I'm all about. The whole works there. But my book is, is sold at Amazon. I mean, it's sold on Amazon and, and at Barnes and Noble. So it's there and it's available for anyone to get. And let me tell you, uh, from all the, uh, the words I've been hearing about this book, I think it's, not, it's at the right time. Well, it's right. needed for sure. It's needed. I think it's at the right time because society has changed and we have yes. so many. Issues. I give you, I want to leave you with this last note. One of the things I'm doing because of all these issues, I'm, uh, I'm doing character workshops for the police department. Fantastic. And, they, and teach them about, you know, what is, what is meant by character? What is a true, 
definition of character and how do I, we how do we live a life of character under the circumstances that we're under? And, you know, they're under difficult circumstances. And you and I both know it ain't all police officers. It's, it, it, anything like in life is the short, little, small, bad will make the good turn in a different direction. Right. So what I'm doing that, and I think it's really helping. And then the, the second thing I'm doing, which I love, I, I'm, I'm creating a, a uh, men's retreat and workshop on character. So for church, it's for them they can use and they can get a retreat, get away within their area and, 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 have, a, and have a workshop on it, but also have some celebration on it. I love it. Great work. Great man. Thank you so much. Keep doing what you're doing. We really need your help. And guys out there need help also because it's a crazy time for men. So thank you so much, Coach Waters, for being on Guys Guys Radio. Hope we'll do it again at some point. Hey, we should do this, Robert. This is a great program. Thank you. It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay, we're going to talk about the metaphysical now, and we're going to go in and talk to an amazing person that can read faces. Lydia Dustin is known for ability to perceive the energy of people living and in spirit and of things and places. She's like a real-life Harry Potter, a wizard raised by muggles. She was adopted by two skeptical college English professors and raised in a strict traditional Irish Catholic family, but unbeknownst to her adopted Parents, her biological family were psychics, witches, folk healers, and their gifts and traditions go all the way back to the mystical islands of Santa Maria and San Miguel in the Azores. And later in life, Lydia opened to her gifts while training to be a healer at the Rise Thomas Institute of Energy Medicine. She went on to hone her psychic abilities and study Reiki with her mentor and a guest on Guys Guys Radio and our friend Lisa Campion. She's now a master Reiki and energy healer, and Lydia also brings two worlds together into a unique psychic healing experience. It's powerfully mystical, yet comfortable and always entertaining. I discovered Lydia on Instagram, I believe, where she would put out some cards at the beginning of the week, and you would choose one and kind of get a mini reading. And also, she had the ability to read people's faces, and I found it uncanny, and I learned a lot about you know, people's faces and how to look at them and the difference between people's eyes, the right and the left eye. So I want to have her on the show, do a demonstration. We're going to read some people and she's going to read me and my family and also some celebrities. So welcome to Guys Guys Radio, Lydia Dustin. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm well, thank you. All right. My pleasure. Okay. Let's get right to it. So you have an interesting and eclectic mix of gifts, Reiki, Tarot, face reading, psychic, let me know if I'm missing anything. When did you discover you had these wonderful gifts? And then when you found out about it, what did you do? So at first I was a child and I would see mystical creatures and I would have dreams that would come true. And then I learned that I was crazy and it was all in my head. So I suppressed it till I was um, probably in my forties and my family members started to pass away and they would come visit me. And um, eventually I thought I should study this. So I went to school. And now I really use my abilities to help other people that think they're crazy understand their mystical and psychic experiences. So you know, I get to be the one to tell them they're not you, crazy. You know, it's amazing because I've interviewed a number of uh, metaphysical uh, healers and psychics and almost to a person, 
the gift came to them early on and they suppressed it and then it came back later many times in like their 20s or so it's interesting that it took all the way till you got till your 40s to really to blossom that way when that happened for you what was your feeling about it what did you do what was specifically was the triggering incident if there was one um i was so skeptical that i would have mystical experiences like someone was like oh my house is haunted can you come over and i would feel or perceive spirits in the house I didn't believe myself till I went and Googled the house and proved that those people live there. Then I was shocked that I was right. So I really almost had this cat and mouse game where I would perceive something and then double check to make sure I wasn't crazy and making wow. it up. That's, that's amazing. So we talked about reading faces when we were uh, offline getting ready for this interview because I found that so fascinating. I don't really know other folks who do that. I'm sure there are. First of all, how'd you learn how to read faces? And then the interesting thing is, I noticed that one, you need to, to read the face. The person should be facing the camera. I guess that helps. And then there's a difference between the overall countenance and their right eye and their left eye, and even their youthful countenance versus their adult countenance. How does that all work? I know I threw a lot at you. That's all right. So I feel people. So ever since I was little, when adults would smile and be like, oh, no, everything's fine. I would go, oh, my God, there's an emergency because I always knew when people were lying. And then when I was older, I'm like, oh, no, I'm just being judgmental. They're a nice person. But then I'd be like, oh, no, they're not. Like, I can just perceive who people are behind their facade. And um, I didn't know it was a thing. I just always did it. And then I, um, we did eye gazing at, when I was at the energy medicine school. And I was looking in my friend's eye. And I started to see all this stuff about her marriage and her life. And I um, thought I was making it up, but she said all those things were true. So I realized if I literally looked in there, um, this is the personality eye, the eye where you can like That's be cute a, and like right, put right on eye, a little facade. The right, the right eye. Your right eye, the dominant side. So okay. like if you're in a bad mood and you're like, I'm good. And you kind of try to put on a face, this eye will look happy. But your left eye, it, you cannot put a mask on it. So I realized, oh, when I look at the left eye, I get who they really are, like the, who they're honestly, you know, what's really going on. And um, it, it's quite fascinating that you can see. So, and I literally feel how they look in their eye. Like if they're in energies like coming right out at me in this eye and suppressed in this eye, I'm like, oh, they're like this huge personality, but they play really, really small. Or opposite, if they have like little energy in this side, huge energy in this side, I'm like, oh, they're really trying to be a lot more and live a life that is beyond their means energetically. Like they might be introverted and they're trying to be extroverted all the time. Some of the photos we talked about, we had the child version of a celebrity and then the adult right. version. And even with myself, what is the difference there? What do you look for? And do you see the people change or are they who they are? What, um, what I really noticed is that it depends um, with someone that's really um, dramatic, like someone like Johnny Depp. When I look at him as a child, I kind of see who he is. So when we're little, before the age of six, we kind of are who we are. And then when we're brought up and kind of you know naturalized into being an appropriate person and adult, a lot of times we lose kind of who we are. But if there's like an abusive situation, then the person is a completely different person. And um, it's, it's kind of fun. Like, it's amazing. And I think once your viewers learn how to do this, it's going to be something people just check out pictures online because it's amazing when you know what to look for, what you can see. Mm -hmm. 
you know, their life experiences. And even if they've taken drugs and stuff, does that impact then their countenance and the vibe, what you see as an adult versus their child like version? Yeah. So I, it's funny, like I literally feel that. So if I am actually looking at someone, let's say that was like a pothead um, in high school or whatever, I might start to feel a little high and I'll be like, Oh, you know, <laughs> did they, they go, Oh my gosh, like they did. But so, um, so in a way I look into the eyes and then feel, um, and sometimes even hear kind of like what they say to themselves or what they always say. I get that a lot. People go, Oh my God, my dad always said that phrase. And I'll just hear it when I look into, into people's eyes. Then you do tarot also. Now, how do you, mm-hmm. it, does the tarot reading help embellish your face reading or is it separate? Um, it's, well, usually if someone comes in like a client, I'll just lay out cards for them. It's almost like the introduction to kind of let us know what really needs to happen during our session together. And um, again, being skeptical, there are 78 cards, 78. If you have studied statistics, it's amazing how the cards will lay out and each card lays out in a way that means something. It will map out what's going on in their life and to have people just be like blown away. And I too, I'm blown away that I, but it's always right. And I just statistically can't figure out how it's always right. All right, let's get into, uh, if it's okay, my special guest, Lydia Dustin. She's a psychic face reader, Reiki master, all kinds of metaphysical tools she has and gifts at her disposal. And I think it would be fun. Let's talk about a couple of celebrities, people that everybody knows. Kim Kardashian, you've, we, talked, we talked about her. So what do you see? Yeah, so we, had, we um, talked about her. Just for my own reference, I have a picture just here with me to look into. So I see when she was a little girl, her left eye is really bigger and warmer than her right eye, which means that she's naturally a healer and an empath. So she was probably a very sensitive child. And when I look at her eye, I see that she's not looking, her energy isn't coming out of her eye to me. So it means she's really stuck kind of in her head um, because her energy, I feel like is not what it's supposed to be. And when I look in her eye, I just feel like even as a little girl, she knows that who she is is not correct. And, um, and yeah, it's a little painful. And then when I look at her as an adult, her um, soul light looks almost, um, I want to say dead, but very like dissociated. Like she, um, I feel like she's almost playing a part as herself. Like who she is, is um, something she's had to, like an actress, like put on. And um, I, I think she's kind of a lonely, sad person. And I, I feel like she needs people that really want to get to know who she actually is and connect with her heart. But um, I think she spends a lot of time acting um, like Amazing. someone else. Amazing. With so many, uh, you know, billions of followers on social media and the world at her fingertips. I guess, you know, it is sometimes it's lonely at the top, but she seems like a, seems like a nice person. We had an event that she showed up at when I worked in advertising and she came in, she did her job. She was a real pro and got a pretty good vibe from her. That never goes away. So she has a really, really big heart, but I think it probably gets hurt um, because of the business she's in. So people say mean things, it probably does hurt her. The Rolling Stones are on tour, their 60th anniversary, their lead singer. We all know Mick Jagger. He just got over the virus. He's back out there. He seems like unbelievable at 78. I saw a clip of him dancing and singing and running around the stage after 
uh, getting better from uh, from the virus and uh, just amazing. What do you see when you see Mick Jagger? He's like, you know, he's lived the ultimate rock star life. Is he a super egomaniac or he is a good guy and just playing the part? When uh, I found a picture of him as like a youth, he's probably like 14 and he just looks like just like um just excited and a little nervous and just like like whatever happens happens like it, which is just like he's going to jump on the bus wherever it goes he's going to have a good time he'll see what happens he doesn't have any plans he doesn't have an agenda if it's fun he'll uh, he'll have fun if it's fun and if it's not he'll figure out a way to have fun like he's kind of like a kid like even when i look at him as an adult he feels like a kid and uh he just has this energy that's just like, I'm just going to go do whatever. I'm just going to dance and sing and have fun and live my life. And whatever happens, happens. And he's just, it's like he's on an adventure. And he, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like he, I think the adventure of being a rock star and singing and dancing just is so fun that he just does it because he loves it. Not because he's a celebrity, because it makes him so happy just to be a big kid and have fun with his friends. You know, it sounds very accurate from everything I've read about him. I'm a big fan of the Stones that he doesn't get stuck in the past and he's always like in the now and always pointed forward. And even though he is a, a planner and everything, I, with all the stuff going on with that brand, if you will, he has to be. But he seems to just be open to like what's next and just keep going. And I think that probably keeps him young and vital. His energy obviously is he's got great energy because... You know, when you're interacting with 50,000 to 100,000 people in one show and you're 78 years old, I mean, you're, that's a real exchange of energy. So let's move to somebody on the, maybe the other side of the ledger, Putin in Russia. Obviously, it's, I find him difficult to look at. Maybe he's misunderstood, but he's probably the most unpopular person in the world right now. Yeah, I am. Um, so he is fascinating because he is um, a legit sociopath. So when you first, I found three pictures of him from his own website. So these are pictures that he promotes. And um, it, for his official um, presidential picture, his eyes look completely equal. So you would think he's a balanced, happy, normal guy. But when you look behind that, he is like um, dark. And you can see that all he has all this mental energy, but it doesn't come out into the world. It's all behind his viewpoint. So I feel that he can only see his own point of view and he there's nothing in the world that can make him see anything that he doesn't already believe and he is um very dark like he has a very pessimistic view like um doesn't never going to trust anything except what he thinks mm -hmm. even you, if there's proof how about uh, i know we didn't talk about him but uh trump have you read trump i did read trump i read him um on a, on my um facebook and uh, as a little boy, he broke my heart. I felt like he was like a piece of furniture in his house. Like they're like, that's my painting. That's my you know sofa. That's my son. And he was just really treated like a commodity that he had to be who they wanted him to be. And that was all of his, that was it. It didn't matter who he was. And my heart really broke because I think it was a very scared, lonely child. Like I think they were somewhat... Um, militant in their parenting and he just seemed terrified into kind of like beat not like they hit him but physically and mentally kind of he had to do what they said and that was it and it didn't matter who he was Fascinating. yeah i felt bad for him 
Hey, Lydia Dustin, my special guest on Guys Guys Radio, we're talking about face reading and other metaphysical things. Can you read an animal's face? I can. Yeah. Um, I, I, I call it talking. Like I, I, I always know what my dog wants. Um, cause they just, I feel the energy of like, Oh, I want food. I want you to pick me up. But also there are some animals that people have where the animals almost like a protector or like a person, not that they're actually a person, but they do have different personalities. And sometimes people do wonder why their animal is acting a certain way. And sometimes there is the animal can through their eyes kind of communicate what's going on with them. Is your gift something you can turn on and off? In other words, you go to the supermarket, you're on a checkout line, you see somebody, you're like, oh boy, they got a tough life. Or wow, things are going great there. Or like this person has an illness, or what do you see? And can you turn it on and off? Um, to an extent. I always like if I'm going to quote unquote read someone, I talk about it like a snow plow. You know, it's like I drop the plow when I'm working to like read people but if it's an emergency if someone is like like i hate to say it but if i'm walking in the grocery store and someone is deathly ill their energy i'll know they're dying or if someone um if people have a paranormal hobby where they go to ghost things and they feel um i walk by them and i'm like oh my gosh they they're super haunted but those are extreme cases okay well, you were kind enough. You read myself, you read me, my son, and my wife. But let's, uh, and I'm here now, and people can see me now who are watching the show on Guys Guys TV on YouTube or Rumble. What did you see when I sent you the photos? And what do you see now? And is there a difference? Because if you vibe with the energy when you see somebody, and this is our first time talking today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, I can tell um, that you two have a warm, like a warm right eye. That just means that um, you're a very warm person, but you do have this, um, but you just, like, you are like a masculine dude, like, you're not going to just burst into tears. And um, you're more of a protector. So, like, you're not going to go start a bar fight. Um, but if someone, if you see someone picking on someone or hurting someone that doesn't deserve it, then you will take them out if you have to. But, um, but you're really sweet. And uh, it's funny, I think. That you probably don't trust people off the bat, like super, super quickly. But once you do, you are their friend for their whole life and they can count on you like their brother forever. Because you're a real loyal, very, very loyal, kind guy and friend. I am a loyal friend. That's true. And I vibe with people pretty much right away. I get a sense like, yeah, or, or I don't know. I try to keep an open mind. I usually trust people until they deem themselves untrustworthy. I've kind of shifted that habit over the years because there's so many so many disappointments you run into that way because you know when it gets to a certain point and push comes to shove with so many people uh, we get disappointed a lot so we have to not leave ourselves wide open to that so part of that is i see that a little bit with my son where he sees the world through these beautiful innocent eyes and i'm keep thinking like oh, I, I hope he can hold on to that for as long as possible because once that kind of goes and you start to become more guarded then then life changes it's like you know you go to the circus and you realize that the you know the the bearded lady was a was faking or something and then it's like oh is life bogus that type of thing so you read my son he's nine what did you see um i saw that he is like a super go-getter like this kid is like the Duracell bunny. Remember that old commercial? That's and true. I was just like, he, I feel like he's so good at stuff and so interested in stuff that he wants to do kind of everything all the time. And his yes. energy, even, yes. re, uh, yes. even remembering yes. it, I was like, 
woo. And uh, I just worry that he has to just um, have, he just slow down, you know, yes. but he, um, and just understand that even Superman has a day off and that it's okay if he like gets like, um, if he goes 80%, mm-hmm. but I feel like he's just passionate and he just like loves stuff, you know, and, that's, that's super and accurate. he's sweet and he's sweet. Like I also read your wife and um, he just has a really sweet, gentle energy. Like, he's such a sweetie pie and um, he's just a lovey. He's a great kid. Yeah, we're very lucky. And that's why I, I just feel protective that you want to maintain, you, you love it when people see the world through loving eyes. It's like they're close to spirit that's coming through and then things happen and it's like, oh, they start to get disappointed and then the veil comes and they start to guard themselves and all of that. It's just, you know, so you really, uh, this is my only child. I, I root for him to have that continue. And so thank you for reading there. And then my wife, who's the smartest person that I know, <laughs> what did you get there? And I'm not saying that because she's my wife. She actually, and I know a lot of really smart people. She is the most intelligent person I know. Yeah, uh, she is. I, she's like a, I call, there's certain people I call them like a unicorn. She's like a unicorn. She is nice, kind, and gentle and sweet yes. and freaking brilliant and smart. But it's like she's brilliant and smart and she's really, really nice. And she's gorgeous. I don't know if you guys have seen her but um thank you she's just so well balanced and uh again like you know she's yeah she also could have fun and she's you know a regular person but she just has so many gifts and they really haven't gone to her head because she does have that huge heart Mm -hmm. what do you get when you look in the mirror you read yourself have you read yourself lydia i take it's so funny sometimes i wonder and i if i take a picture of myself like i can't read myself live like that's just for some reason so i'll take a picture um and uh it's hard because sometimes it's almost because like i'm trying to be in a good mood that day and then i'll be like oh, crap like <laughs> i look crap and i try to like maybe change it by meditating or getting myself excited but it's weird it is weird no reading even yourself because mm-hmm. i think we all want to have a facade sometimes and be maybe the better version of ourselves that day or online or something you know mm-hmm. Okay. Tell everybody, Lydia, you're really fantastic. I love the work you're doing. And for those who are watching us on Guys Guys TV, we're going to do a little separate segment where Lydia is going to teach everybody some of the basics in terms of how to read somebody's face. But first, tell us where people can find out more about you and how they can get in touch with you if they want to get a reading. Yeah. You can check out um, my Instagram like you did. I'm at Lydia X Dustin or um, LydiaDustin.com. Or um, Lydia Dustin on Facebook. I try to keep it real with a simplest use, my mm. first and middle name to keep it easy, you know, okay. and come check it out. I do funny videos on Instagram sometimes, or I read cards, whatever I feel like reading cards mm. or pictures, or I try to make it interesting. Okay. And it's L Y D I A D U S T I N, right? That's me. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Fantastic job. Keep doing the great work. Thank you so much for everything. And uh, we'll, we'll have you back. We'll do it again soon. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's Guy's Guy Radio. Okay. Two terrific interviews with two wonderful guests here on Guy's Guy's Radio. Coach Gary Waters and psychic and face reader Lydia Dustin. What did we learn? Well, I think from Coach Waters, we learned 
clearly how important integrity is. Regardless of what your lot in life is, whether you're a student, a coach, an athlete, a business person, a partner in a romantic relationship, it doesn't matter. Integrity matters. Your word matters. How you carry yourself matters. It's more important if you really want it than ever. And if you want to stand out from the crowd, show some integrity because there's so little of it these days, as you notice all the behavior out there. So it'd be very easy just to say, ah, this is just how it is now. There is no integrity. No. Got to start somewhere. Start with yourself. Believe me, you'll feel a lot better and you'll be doing a service to the planet by just being a good person. So be mindful, be present, have integrity. From Lydia, I think we learned uh, how to read faces. Just a real quick tutorial, if you will. If you look at a photo and the person is facing out, you look at their right eye facing out, and that really is going to show the expression, what they're projecting to the world. And the left eye is kind of who they really are. And so many times we think, we don't even think about that. We just see somebody's gaze and we say that's who they are. But it's amazing. Anytime you look at a photo, you can see in almost every situation, in every photo, the two eyes are different. And start to do that with photos and really you get a different read. You can cover up the right eye on somebody and say, oh, that's how they really are. And do it in person also. Start to look at that left eye to get a real deal, a holy field on as actually what they're trying to communicate and who they really are, the difference between the right and the left eye. So Guys Guys Radio, we're here every Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific time on KCAA Radio here in Southern California, 102.3, 106.5 FM, 10.50 AM, the podcast on my YouTube and Rumble post worldwide every Thursday. The KCAA show replays every Sunday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time. You can also catch me all over social media, Instagram, Facebook, my second Facebook author page, Twitter. I'm there for you. And also my website, robertmanny, M-A-N-N-I.com. I've got over 300 blog posts about life, love, the pursuit of happiness. And you can also download three free chapters to my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, which is a source material for everything Guy's Guy. It's a summer romp. It's a fun movie. It's been called The Male Successor to Sex in the City. The whole story takes place in the summer. And it's a great summer read. I think you'll really enjoy it. So I want to thank my guests for being here. So many of them, over 600 people I've talked to on the show. Also, my wonderful producer, Chris. And most of all, I want to thank you, my terrific audience, as we grow and grow and ride this wild guy's guy trail together. So thank you so much. We're going to see you next week. And until then, like I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first. <laughs>